Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. School safety. School safety. Let's take a look at this issue. It's a prominent issue before us today in our society, and it's a, a sad day that we have to pause and think about keeping our kids in school safe when that was just taken for granted just less than 10 years ago and before that but certainly since 9-11 we have lived in a different world and the issue of safety has become increasingly a focal point in schools but certainly all large auditoriums and large gatherings is to look at the issue of safety and how do you address that issue most people address it from the fact of just take the guns away and everything will be fine. We'll have a utopia. But you know, there's something like a billion guns out there available in the marketplace today. There's, a, there's about a billion of them. So, how are you going to take those away? I, I mean, just think of the enormity of the task. If the government's going to confiscate it, they've got to buy them. A gun would cost somewhere between 700 and and $1,000 on the average. So look at the cost involved and just the idea of taking guns from people. But you know, you can't do that, basically. That's not, that's not an answer. And it, it isn't the answer anyway. Because the gun itself, you put a gun down and it does nothing. It's the person who picks up the gun. It's the purpose, it's the attitude of the person who picks up the gun. It's the motivations and the anger and the hurt and the trauma history of the person who picks up the gun. We've got to address that kind of an issue. You see, it's what's within the individual who picks up the gun. And then whatever that person does with the gun is propelled by those attitudes, those emotions, those hurtful feelings, those trauma experiences, those resentments, those uh, revenge feelings that people store within themselves and don't resolve. Now really, if you're going to deal with the issue, that's the kind of area you have to focus on, is the emotional makeup of each individual and any of the individuals who then would pick up a gun. Because what they do with it is largely based upon circumstances at the time, the history of the person using a gun, the motives and the revenge feelings and the uh, resentment and the anger that is within the individual, those all kind of come together and motivate a person to use a gun properly or improperly, legally or illegally, for life or for death. Now, <clears throat> I've given a little bit of thought to this issue of school safety, but hey, you know, it isn't schools, it's any large environment and large building and place where people come together and stay, you know, for a period of time. And school is just one of those kind of situations. So what I'd like to do is just kind of say, okay, here's maybe some things that we need to think about. What we up till now has kind of thought about, you know, it's just taking guns away, but that's not the answer. We've got to think about it in a different kind of way altogether. So basically my question is, what can schools do to protect themselves? What can any big business do to, can, to protect itself? What can a church do to protect itself and the people within it? 
What can an amusement park do? What can an auditorium do? What can a sporting event uh, do to protect the people who gather for that purpose? Here's a couple ideas. We can re retrofit our doors of schools. We can set up doors that now can be electronically locked and electronically opened by just somebody pushing the button. We have those in office complexes. We have them everywhere. We have gates and doors that lock and have to be opened electronically when a person identifies themselves as to who they are and the reason for entrance. Why aren't schools doing that? Well, maybe that's the thing that schools should start doing is putting some funds into retrofitting doors and points of entry, whatever they may be, so that they are now brought up to date in terms of what is available in the market for safe opening of doors and safe locking of doors and safe closing of doors. Now, along with that, what about new buildings? Schools are being built every day. New, build, new schools are being built every day, as in office buildings and so on. So what codes are in existence, or should be in existence, to determine the safety level of that particular school building? <clears throat> in other words, when you build a school, it now needs to meet safety standards, not just environmental standards. We've been off the mark on this whole thing. We've been putting all of our eggs in one basket, and we call it the environmental basket. Any building should not have any environmental impact. Well, we've spent billions and millions and trillions of dollars just trying to keep the environmental impact as minimal as possible. And we've neglected to think about the safety impact or the risk level of a building being built. So maybe that's what we need to do. It's not set impossible codes and requirements and all the rest, but the building industry has standards. The building industry has ways. The building industry has materials and uh, ideas about what can be done to build a school with safe entry points. And maybe that's what needs to be, you know, done from now on and modify the existing schools to the degree to which it's reasonable and possible. Most of the, our schools of today have been, you know, 100 years old almost. And uh, where the idea of threat and danger was not even an issue. But today it is, and our schools don't meet the standard. So we need to retrofit them and, and, and modify for the points of entry from the point of view of safety and building new schools within the context of a safe school. Now, here's another point that schools might want to think about doing and uh, bringing it forward. And that is they need to educate their staff. You know, staff training. Now, staff is trained in all kinds of stuff. You know, schools have staff training all the time on everything. But you know what they don't get is, safe, is training in safety of the school, protection of the students, and their role and their duties and their options to help create a safe environment and to protect their students should they ever come under a point of threat. So education of the staff is extremely important. And one topic with that would be, of course, is to 
help teachers know what the cues are to identify students at risk. Now we know that within psychology we've studied this and we know and we know from the third grade level up what students are likely to end up in prison and likely to commit violent crimes and, vitally, and, 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 and are likely to become a, a, you know, a young adult of criminal activity. We know that from third grade up. So that same kind of prediction of students at risk should be then taught to teachers so that they know what students are at risk and can monitor those students and keep a tab on those particular students. In one study years and years ago, when I was in school, a study was done like this, and they were called the Red Tag Kids. The Red Tag Kids. And um, teachers kept an eye on them. And um, it was a positive result, actually. So maybe we need to kind of put these Red Tag Kids system to work again in our, in our school systems. Okay, so teacher training has got to be the case. And um, then you have this whole idea about fire drills. That's the fourth point, fire drills. Well, it's not so much fire drills, although, you know, that still is an issue. But schools have been built now and have been pretty clearly fireproof or at least fire resistant or minimal risk of fires. We don't see schools burning down so much anymore because we've addressed that issue. We know how to build schools so that they're resistant to fire, and we know how to train kids and teachers how to exit a building or how to protect themselves and take care of themselves should there be a fire. What about gun drill? What about high-risk drill of some kind or another? Not necessarily a gun, but a risk factor that's operating in that particular school. Are they, what are the, have the students been taught what to do? Have the students been taught where to go? Have the students been taught how to defend themselves, how to attack or counterattack? I mean, what have students been taught? Well, not much. And I'm suggesting that we work out a curriculum of uh, training students in fire drill activity or gun drill activity, and teachers can teach them so that the students have a plan in place as to what to do should there be some kind of a breakout in their school. Now here's another one, what I call the School Risk Management Task Force. A School Risk Management Task Force. What that is is a task force of students, parents, teachers, and an administrator who meet together perhaps once every two or three months. And uh, the question before this task force is, are there any risks out there in the community? Are there any risks within the school that they need to be aware of and need to monitor and need to protect themselves from. In other words, is there somebody living down the street that represents a risk? Did somebody move into the neighborhood that represents a risk? Maybe a child molester. Maybe somebody who is unsavory in some kind of way. But a task force can be the eyes and the ears of the community on behalf of the school and to listen and to look for what's going on on campus from the students, among the students. In other words, we need to be proactive 
so I recommend a risk management task force for every school building not just a district but by school building because the risk factor is generally within the immediate neighborhood of a school I also recommend police on duty police that carry guns on campus maybe two guns maybe a rifle and maybe a pistol and maybe a dog as well a police dog you know there are some schools that need a police dog some schools don't some schools need a police dog when the risk level seems to go up the risk level goes down they don't need a dog maybe they need a risk factor index so that when the risk factor goes up the security guard carries two guns when the risk factor is down maybe carries one gun or maybe two security guards are on duty if the risk factor goes high and maybe only one is on duty if the risk factor is low so that risk factor is kind of like we have indications now of fire danger in the mountains you know over the trees and the dryness and we we have a sign there that says fire danger is high or fire danger is medium or fire danger is low and maybe we need that kind of factor going on at the school level as well some kind of a sign indicate that the risk level is high or the risk level is low whatever okay I also recommend cameras I recommend cameras being in every school now cameras are deterrents cameras are protective cameras help us solve problems once they've occurred but cameras are good and students need to know that cameras are there watching them and keeping an eye on them now what about this issue of guns in the hands of teachers guns in the classroom well I'm in favor of it I think we live in a day and age when that's necessary we maybe 50 years ago that was not the case at all but today we live in a different world and we live with different people living in our community and high-risk people living in our community and people in our community who have guns and people in our community who use the guns they have so schools need to have a protective a counterprotective measure and that's teachers carrying a gun now first of all they need to be registered guns they need to be a trained uh, professional uh, taking the class has a license to carry you know all the legal things that are necessary but a teacher may carry a gun if they want to if they don't want to it's okay they don't need to I think it should be a school choice should be a district choice should be a school board choice that's where that decision needs to be made not at the state level not at the federal level but at the local school board level the school board should discuss whether a gun should be in the hands of a teacher and in what school and what teachers and when and um, obviously there are times when you're at low risk and maybe the gun doesn't need to be made available at times the risk level is high the gun should maybe be out and accessible you know to a teacher we have a lot of teachers that are military background we have a lot of teachers that you know have carried guns use guns shoot guns have hobbies with guns very familiar with guns we have a lot of teachers like that they're the ones that are probably more likely to be the person to carry if you don't want to you don't have to but maybe somebody in the school should be the carrier whether it's administration or a teacher or whatever now in talking to students about this matter I've got mixed opinions 
Some students would like to know if their teacher is carrying a gun. It would just make them feel better to know that their teacher is carrying a gun. Some students felt that it would be better not to know, but to surmise or to be aware that the teacher might be carrying a gun. So that's an issue yet to be decided at the school board level. So guns in school, I think it should be voluntary. It should be a school board decision. Now, the other thing is that every school should have a loudspeaker. You know, most schools do. They have what they make, their announcements to the students of the day and what's going on, and, and sometimes they use that announcement to say the Pledge of Allegiance to the Flag and, you know, so on. Speakers are used for a variety of reasons. But to be sure, every school should have a loudspeaker system. So should something happen in the school, should there be a crisis in the school, the students can be advised immediately to take cover, to follow plan A, follow plan B, or follow plan C, whatever that might be for that particular school. It might be get out, it might be take cover, you know, whatever. But whatever the plan is, that can then be conveyed to the students who then would take the appropriate action to protect themselves. I also recommend return to the old PTA. When I was in school, you know, when my kids were in school, I went to school periodically, sometimes monthly, sometimes quarterly, for a PTA meeting. Opportunity for teachers and parents to get together and to know each other and to know how your kids were doing and to have feedback, but at least to hang out together, teachers and students and parents. That's when the school is safe, when the parents and teachers know each other and are on first-name basis with each other and have a communication pattern with each other. That's when schools are safe. But when schools... When school teachers and parents do not know each other and are worlds apart, the risk level increases. So those are some of the things that I think could be done in schools. Some of them will cost money. Some won't cost money. Some will cost a lot of money. Some won't cost very much money. But we need to start the dialogue. You see, talking about this matter together will lead to some kind of a solution. But if we don't talk about it, we'll never get to the solution. We can talk about whether guns should be on the market or not, whether she sold or not, or bought or not, or used or not, or made available or not. We can talk about that forever. But a school needs to take protective action, proactive action. And what I've just said now about schools can be said about any large building, any large gathering, any large stadium, any large concert hall, you know, whatever. These kind of things can be done to protect our people by being proactive and thinking ahead and looking at some of these kinds of actions that the leadership can take to make sure that things go safely and go well for the American people. So there's a dialogue. I've started it. You continue it. Around your table, you talk about what schools can do. Add to my list. Come up with items of your own. Start talking to teachers. Start talking to school board members. Start talking to administrators. Start talking to principals. Get the message out and get some action. 
but you got to talk about it first and then you have to convey it to the right people who make those kind of decisions and, and can and can take those kind of actions on behalf of the schools of our community and have behalf of our children who are in the schools of our community anyway nice to have you with me and thanks for joining us on the podcast the psychology report and bye for now